Ditch the clowns on the left. And the jokers on the right. And join Michael Smirconish right here in the middle. This is the Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. From today's Washington Post, there is this. An attorney for Dominion Voting Systems alleged Tuesday that Fox News withheld information that would have entitled Dominion to obtain more of network co-founder Rupert Murdoch's communications in the election technology company's $1.6 billion defamation lawsuit. Justin Nelson is an attorney for Dominion. He told the judge in the case that the company had been led to believe that Murdoch held the title of officer only for Fox's parent company. But over the past couple of days, he said Dominion learned that the mogul also holds an officer title for Fox News. Quote, this alone has meant that we are missing a whole bunch of Rupert Murdoch documents that we otherwise would have been entitled to, said Nelson. It's very troubling that this is where we are. It's something that has really affected how we've litigated the case. The judge in the matter is Eric M. Davis. He echoed Nelson's frustration with Fox, saying the missing information about Murdoch's title may have affected his decision making regarding a recent ruling that narrowed the scope of the case. I could have made an entirely wrong decision, said the judge. Then addressing the attorney for Fox News, he said the network has credibility problems. Well, tomorrow... Jury selection gets underway in the case of Dominion v. Fox. Monday, the scheduled first day of trial. Lee Levine is a veteran First Amendment lawyer. He's had a long and distinguished career representing both Fox, CNN, major media outlets. He once represented me a long time ago. He's also argued before the Supreme Court of the United States. Hey, Lee, thank you for being on television. Thank you now for being on radio. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. What do you make of the story that I just shared with both you and the audience? I think that um, Fox, this is the latest in a number of incidents in which the judge has expressed from the bench frustration with Fox uh, and its lawyers. Now going to the point where he's saying explicitly in open court that the Fox lawyers have a credibility problem. Uh, with him. And that just doesn't bode well for, for uh, Fox as, as the lawsuit goes forward. The judge is, is clearly not happy about this. On the on the more specific issue of, of how Dominion was prejudiced, if at all, by Fox's failure to disclose that Murdoch was an officer of Fox News, it appears to center around two things. One is documents that Dominion believes it would have asked for and been entitled to had it known that. Uh, and, and I honestly don't know the extent to which that is true, but Dominion is certainly contending that they, they were led down a wrong path and were deprived of relevant documents. And the other is the judge uh, who has made a number of rulings about uh, whether Murdoch can be forced to testify live in the case uh, in Delaware, whether Fox Corporation, which um, Murdoch also heads, is a proper defendant. The judge at least indicated that some of his rulings probably on those issues have been influenced in part by his belief that Murdoch was not an officer of Fox News. Uh, and he at least suggested that he may have to revisit some of those rulings. The burden of proof is on Dominion. They're the plaintiff. It's an actual malice case. What what must they show in this particular matter? 
They have to show that responsible persons at Fox, that is people who are responsible for the broadcasts that they're suing about, disseminated those broadcasts and specifically the statements made on them by Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell and Mike Lindell, uh, that they knew those statements were false or that they were probably false. The judge made an an interesting ruling uh, a week or so ago on Fox's motion to have the case thrown out uh, prior to trial, in which he said that the issue of who among the various people at Fox, from the very top, Rupert Murdoch and, and Lachlan Murdoch, to the very bottom, the line producers, who among them state of mind with respect to truth or falsity is relevant. And he said that's a fact issue, and it's up to the jury to decide. So that means the minion gets to put on all sorts of evidence from everybody, from Rupert Murdoch to the line producers, about their views with respect to the truth or falsity of what Giuliani, Powell, and Lindell were saying. Uh, And the jury just has to sort that out. That is a, a tremendous benefit for Dominion, even though it has the burden of proof. Uh, it gets to put on a boatload of evidence that's come out in discovery that various people up and down the line at Fox knew this stuff was false when they were putting it on the air, and that should be very helpful to Dominion. In, in other words, the, the texts and the emails and the deposition testimony that has gotten so much attention recently, and I've I've read aloud from some of that material here on radio, what you're addressing, I think, now is whether... What Tucker Carlson, for example, may have said on a particular day to one of his producers, can that be imputed to the company at large? Correct. And, uh, you know, I think that Fox is going to make some sort of effort to um, blow a hole in Dominion's efforts to connect the dots between what Tucker Carlson said on X day and what Maria Bartiromo put on the air on Y day. Uh, But there's so much stuff out there and so much uh, information that appears to suggest that responsible people at Fox did know that these statements were false or at least probably false uh, and that Fox put it on the air anyway, um, that I think that's not likely to be a successful strategy with the jury. Can Fox wrap itself in the idea that this was all opinion? Hey, we put Sidney Powell on air. She was, after all, the the president's lawyer, and she was offering her opinion as to fraud that took place. No. The judge ruled a week or so ago that, and he went through broadcast by broadcast and statement by statement and ruled with respect to each one that they were not opinions, that they were statements of fact capable of being proven false, and moreover, that they were in fact false. So the issues of opinion and falsity and newsworthiness, all of the defenses that Fox rolled out um, prior to the judge's ruling a week or so ago are now off the table. In fact, yesterday there was a hearing uh, in which the judge admonished the Fox attorneys, again, didn't seem to be happy with them, uh, and told them they, they could not raise an argument that uh, the hosts, the Bartiromos, the Piros, the Dobbses, uh, put this stuff on the air because it was newsworthy. Uh, they're not even allowed to say that. The most compelling 
aspect of the case to me, the most compelling evidence that I have seen is the so-called wackadoodle email that gets sent and ends up in Sidney Powell's hands and then forwarded to Maria Bartiromo. And even though the author of it referred to it as a bit wackadoodle, it leads to Sidney Powell being invited on air. I mean, that I would think would have a devastating impact on a jury. I know, Lee, when I read it on air here, I had callers saying I had no idea. You know, it's it's one thing to hear what Tucker said to his producer, but when you hear the core, the the sort of germination of some of this, it was frightening. Yeah, it's uh, it's incredibly powerful evidence. Um, but there's lots of other <laughs> incredibly powerful evidence. There's a, there are documents now showing that the, the brain room, the entity at Fox that was responsible for fact-checking, fact-checked all these claims by Giuliani and Powell and sent a report to the news people at Fox and the opinion hosts at Fox saying that this is all false, but it had no impact. Uh, and there's also the you know now famous Suzanne Scott, the CEO of Fox News, email in which she says, um, uh, you know, not putting these people on the air or fact checking what they say is bad for business. Right. Yeah. I, I, At a time, I, 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 I would have to think that um, at some point that's going to that quote is going to get blown up on a screen and show to the jury while she's testifying. Lee, you would think that as you and I are having this conversation and, and these trial attorneys are getting ready to pick a jury tomorrow, that the judge must be trying to bang heads together and bring it to some resolution. You would think. Uh, I have been baffled that the case has not settled so far. I was really surprised that Fox let it get to the point where these emails and texts that we've just been talking about were actually produced to Dominion uh, and made public. I, I, I have no idea why the case has not settled to date, uh, and I would think that um, there probably are discussions going on right now, but I don't, I don't know for sure. It's possible that Fox is waiting for jury selection tomorrow to see what kind of jury it draws and whether it has reasonable hope that uh, there are a couple of folks on that jury who will hold out for them, uh, but, I, uh, but I am very surprised it hasn't settled. I think anyone listening to the conversation that I'm having with Lee Levine would recognize that we both think it's a strong case on liability, even with an actual malice standard. This is the Smirconish Podcast from Sirius XM. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS. Sirius XM Channel 124 and on the SXM app. I, I think anyone listening to the conversation that I'm having with Lee Levine would recognize that we both think it's a strong case on liability, even with an actual malice standard. Can can Dominion justify its claim for damages? This keeps getting regarded as a one point six billion dollar case. Yeah, the one point six billion dollar number, as you know, Michael, is you know, just something Dominion put in the complaint. I mean, it, it claims to have support for that, and it will have experts who will testify uh, to very big numbers. Uh, but it, 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 it's a number that de- designed to draw attention to the media and headlines. But that said, uh, Dominion is going to put on a, a case, a strong case of damages, and Fox is going to try like heck. Uh, to to limit that number. And I think that that's really where the bulk of Fox attention is going to be focused at trial. 
is, is trying to keep that number down and suggest that Dominion did not suffer and cannot be expected to suffer in the future anywhere near uh, that number of da- uh, in, in terms of damages. Lee, if they can meet an actual malice standard, I would imagine they can meet a punitive damages standard. That's a tricky issue in this case. Um, Why? Fox has a non Fox has a non frivolous, reasonable argument that under New York law, which governs this case, uh, Fox News not only has to prove knowledge of falsity or probable falsity, the constitutional First Amendment standard, but also under New York law, it has to prove common law malice, as it's called, uh, which is typically defined as ill will, hatred, spite. And there's a, you know, a real issue about whether or not the folks at Fox News had any animus toward Dominion as opposed to, uh, you know, a larger agenda to uh, placate its audience. So if, if that's the standard that the judge applies under New York law, punitive damages may not be available. Now, Dominion, for its part, has argued that the standard under New York law is broader than that and encompasses not only spite and hatred and ill will, but also um, kind of deliberate disregard of the rights of others. Uh, And that's obviously a standard that Dominion thinks it can meet. Uh, The judge did not rule on that issue in his uh, significant decision a week or so ago uh, and said he's going to hold it to rule on it at a later time. Uh, So, you know, that is kind of a sort of Damocles that's hanging over both parties uh, because it's going to make a big difference in terms of the number Dominion can get uh, if, in fact, it can collect punitive damages and, and uh, you know, may well limit them if, if Fox is victorious on that legal argument. I, I get, final thought, I get that Fox is not covering this, but they won't be able to shield the world from what would unfold in a Delaware courtroom over the next four or five weeks if every one of those marquee personalities and the leadership structure, including Murdoch, is paraded in front of a jury. I mean, from a public relations standpoint, this could really be problematic. Final thought is yours. Well, it's an interesting question because definitely having all of those people take the stand and be subject to cross-examination, which is, as you know, different than the testimony they've already given by deposition where Dominion was trying to learn information, not tell a story and cross-examine a witness. I think cross-examination of a lot of these people is going to be devastating and the publicity will be exponentially worse than what Fox has suffered so far. On the other hand, uh, we live in a society where people live in information silos, and uh, the Fox News audience uh, either will not know about this at all or will believe it's part of some uh, cabal. You know, exactly. Cabal. Yeah. <laughs> Lee, Lee, that was excellent. Thank you so much for your time. I really appreciate it. It's my pleasure, Michael. You take care. That's Lee Levine, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Smirconish Podcast from SiriusXM. Listen to Michael live weekdays on POTUS, SiriusXM Channel 124, and on the SXM app. What you got, TC? I have a lawyer Smirconish question, yep. please. Mm-hmm. Tell me what you think the punitive damages could be. Uh, they could be a billion dollars. Here's the way that it works. Tell me. When I, when I said to him... If they have to meet an actual malice standard, which is reckless disregard for the truth or knowledge of falsity, 
That's a very high bar. I've been through this so many times here on radio, explaining the difference between a negligence action for defamation, which is a non-public figure, and that which would apply in a case like this. So when they already have to meet a recklessness standard, pretty much the verbiage that applies for a punitive or punishment case would also be met. And Lee uh, and this is why he's the expert, said, wait a minute, New York law applies here and there's an ill will requirement that they might not be able to meet even if they establish actual malice, none of which answers your question. My answer to your question is that if you have a punitive damages case, which is a very rare case, the net worth statement of the defendant comes before the jury. And so the jury would be told, hey, Fox News, Fox Corporation, the parent is worth, you know, X billion dollars. And they get to factor that in when they go back and make their calculation and deliberate and resolve a a verdict. So they would know what they're worth. The Smirconish Podcast for independent minds. Listen to Michael Smirconish live weekdays from 9 a.m. to noon east on Sirius XM's POTUS Channel 124 or anytime on the SXM app. Connect with Michael on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at Smirconish.com.